This is Floss Weekly. I'm Doc Searles. And this week, Jonathan Bennett and I talk with Frank Karlicek of NextCloud. Frank started out with OwnCloud, and that evolved into NextCloud, and it has been growing steadily with a large worldwide group of developers. It's open source, and it's a business, and it's involved in all kinds of unexpected verticals. Some of them are really interesting, like ships at sea. Just a lot of interesting stuff in this conversation, and it is coming up next. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Floss Weekly, episode 755. Recorded Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. Next cloud. This episode of Floss Weekly is brought to you by Bitwarden. Get the open source password manager that can help you stay safe online. Get started with a free Teams or Enterprise Plan trial or get started for free across all devices as an individual user at bitwarden.com slash twit. And by Fastmail, reclaim your privacy, boost productivity, and make email yours with Fastmail. Try it now, free, for 30 days at fastmail.com slash twit. Hello again, everyone, everywhere. I am Doc Searles, this is Floss Weekly, and this week I am joined by... Jonathan Bennett himself from uh, a corner of Oklahoma somewhere. Yes, this is this is Jay Bennett actual on the line. <laughs> he's, he's actually here. It's good to be so, with you, sir. So how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's finally fall time, which means it's not 100 degrees here anymore. And we've got a little bit of color in the trees and I'm just loving it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting because you're further south than I am, I think. But I'm in southern Indiana and uh and which is the same latitude as Washington D.C., which is you know it's in the south a little bit, and uh, and it's seventy five outside today, really nice. But of course, it's been cooler. No frost yet, though. Do you guys you guys get frost at some point, don't you? Oh, eventually we will. Just not yet. It'll be another uh, couple of weeks at least, if not another month or two. Yeah. It 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 varies wildly from year to year. Yeah, I, I what I like about southern places is that the fall colors are kind of on the installment plan they don't happen all at once <laughs> the, 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 the red maples go off and then maybe a couple of weeks in the dogwoods and a yes. week and a half the silver maples you know and we're in the northeast where i used to live it's like it's a great big show and it's over in about three days and it usually <laughs> ends with a heavy wind and a rain and then it, all the leaves are on the ground and nobody's happy yeah <laughs> sounds about right so so have you done any homework on this one with uh, our, our guest so I have run a NextCloud instance for years and years. I, I think that kind of counts. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll have the good questions. <laughs> well, let's well let's rush into it then. Um, our, our guest is Frank Karlischek, who um, I discovered I heard uh, talk on OwnCloud, an earlier creation of his, um, and now he's got NextCloud. And uh, so, so Frank, g- give us give us a story of where. Well, first of all, if you feel like it, where you came from, but then also where own cloud and then next cloud came from. So we sort of get the path here. <laughs> sure. Uh, first of all, let me say that I'm really, really happy to be at the sh- uh, out of the show again. I think I was here before uh, once or twice, and it's really great to, great to be back. 
my favorite open source uh, podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you asked me about the story, which is a bit, I mean, I'm not that young, so the story is long. <laughs> so, yes, you're um, young. Trust yeah. me, you're young. <laughs> <laughs> well, depends, depends. Oh, I'm old enough to be like, to do open source for like close to 25 years. Yeah. Now. So, um, yeah, I'm at the beginning part of, um, different open source communities and projects. For example, KDE, I was part of the KDE project for many, many years, did all kinds of things there, was a board member for some time, and then started a number of other open source projects and initiatives. Um, and one was um, indeed uh, OwnCloud, which is uh, was the project before NextCloud. Um, so um, yeah, I want to keep this short to be honest because they already <laughs> talked about they talked about that story already so so many times you can if you google my name you can find lots of interviews and presentations about that but the quick the quick summary is that um yeah i started on cloud alone it was um, um first a, a hobby it was a side project of my company at the time and but it became clear then after one and a half years that um, there's really an opportunity to found a company around it to make it really lit Big, more yeah, bigger and more professional. Um, unfortunately, I did a lot of mistakes there. Um, started to work together with the wrong people, and it was not really that successful, to be honest. And uh, it went down. And um, 2016, like the core team, 12 people, including me, the core team, decided to reboot it. Basically, <clears throat> that's one of the cool things you can do with open source and free software, right? You can just like uh, fork it. Um, and uh, usually a fork is done by other people. In this case, uh, it was forked by me. So one uh, presentation I gave a few times already it has, has the title, Why I Forked My Own Project and My Own Company. Um, it's a bit unusual. <laughs> but then that, that's what we did, 2016. And yeah, since then, it's Nextcloud as a successor. And uh, it's really, um, really happy to say that it's a lot more successful now and um growing quite nicely i'm i'm curious while we're while we're here talking about this what looking back at it because you got a chance to do this what specifically went wrong with own cloud like what what could you tell other developers you know somebody else has an open source project and is thinking about trying to commercialize it <laughs> What's the, you know, the top three things based on your experience, you would say, don't do this. So I think this is a very general advice, but if you, if you work together with people, always make sure that it's, that are the right people. Um, and, uh, some people say that picking a co-founder of a company is a decision that is like even bigger than who to marry. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, uh, might be, might actually be partly true. So because like, uh, getting a divorce from your co-founder is, uh, maybe even harder, um, mm -hmm. than in, in other areas. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my advice would be to really make sure that you really have the right people um in your organization and if you decide to take um, external investment which we no longer have at nextcloud but if you want to do it <clears throat> then ma really make sure that you're completely aligned uh with your investors about what you want to achieve and why and what the strategy is 
um, because especially with open source um, or free software, um, I mean, open source free software licenses mean that like everybody can use your software without paying you, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, a concept that is like for us here or the listeners to this uh, podcast, probably something that's quite natural. But for a lot of classic investors, it's like weird. It's like, why would you give away your intellectual property for free? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a perspective that is just doesn't resonate with a lot of investors that well. And it's a very typical that at the beginning, if everything goes well, then then this is whatever. And I don't know, once the, I don't know if the growth like is slowing down, for example, then it's a typical, very typical situation where your investors then come and say, okay, why not we shut down this community edition thing? It's like just wasting money anyway. Um, <laughs> and uh, because they don't, they don't get it, right? They don't understand open source and free software. So this would be my advice to always make sure that you work together with people who really understand uh, open source and free software. So for NextCloud, what what is the business model that makes sense then? Is it is it primarily, you know, providing hosting or are you doing support contracts, uh, taking yeah. money to add features? What what does that look like? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So um, so hosting we don't um, because one of the key uh, goals and the mission of NextCloud is to decentralize the internet. So we want to move away from a future where only like five big tech companies has all the data in the world and all communication in the world. So we want to decentralize the internet. And for that, it's important that we enable like all the people out there to host Nextcloud themselves. So we don't really provide any central hosting. This would go against the mission. So we want to enable everybody else to host it. So we don't do hosting. Uh, We also don't do feature development. Um, because feature development, I think, is a bad, a paid feature development, I have to say. <laughs> of course, we do feature mm-hmm. development, but not paid feature development. <laughs> um, I think it's a very bad business model because, sure, your customers pay you for the next feature, but then at some point, the question is, okay, who maintains all those features? Right? Mm-hmm. So you want to have like ongoing ongoing revenue stream to make sure that you can maintain and, and update and yeah, keep all the features live. And for that, I think the only business model that really works is um, our enterprise subscriptions or support subscriptions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's the same the same thing that Red Hat, is, Red Hat is doing or Canonical or SUSE or MariaDB or all the others. So that's what we do. The software is open source. You can go to our website, download it, or go to GitHub and download it. Um, and millions of people do that. But if you're a big organization, if you're a government, big enterprise, a big university, big school, I don't know, then it's recommended that you get a support contract from us because then we can help you to keep it running safe and secure. Now, what, and I I know a lot of people that are listening are going to have, you know, some passing familiarity with NextCloud. The idea that it's, it's a service that you can host yourself and it's got a bunch of things built into it. It's kind of a replacement for like the the, the Google suite, like Google Docs and some mm-hmm. of those things. But yep. what what are all of the? And this is going to be quite a list, I'm sure. But what are the what are all the pieces there? What all can you do with Nextcloud? Um, what mm. what are things 
do with Nextcloud that people might not know about? <laughs> so, um, good question. I mean, the core of it, like the stuff you get, if you just take the zip file or the official Docker image or something from our website, then you get a feature set, which is, as you said, very comparable to the one you get from Google Workspace or Microsoft 365, which is basically um, file sharing, files, uh, files you can share. So you can upload and download your files, share it with other people, access it from your mobile phone, from your tablet, desktop client to sync it offline from your laptop, versioning, tagging, searching, all the usual things. <clears throat> um, and additionally, you have uh, Nextcloud Talk, which is for chat and video conferencing, uh, very similar to Teams, for example. And then you have a groupware component for mail, calendar, and contacts, and then an office component, which is for editing Office documents collaboratively in the browser together with other people for text documents, spreadsheets, presentations, and so on. So this is, I would say, is the base functionality and very similar to Google, Microsoft, and others. But we see ourselves as a platform. So if you go, for example, to apps.nextlaw.com, then you see a really, really long list of additional applications that our community has built on top of Nextcloud. And you can install them as you want. Um, and there is really everything. I mean, there's from a password manager to a cooking recipe manager, financial management applications, or I don't know, like to run your soccer club and application and I don't know, all kinds of things. I think you can scan documents. I think there's an application to send faxes. So if you really want to send the fax, <laughs> you can do that. That's great. <clears throat> so that's really a lot. I mean, this also shows the power of community. There are so many features that you can enable if you want them. So I, you mentioned uh, decentralization of the internet, and I find that very fascinating. Um, and I, I'd, I'd love to spend a little bit more time kind of poking around in that idea. Do you, um, does Nextcloud do DNS? Is there any sort of decentralized DNS? Does Nextcloud do Tor services? What, what all is bundled up with that idea of decentralizing? Because there's a lot. There's a lot of technology and a lot of problems that kind of have spider webs yeah. into that concept. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so we decided the Nextcloud to focus on some um, area of the whole uh, stack that we're good at, and we're good with the whole user interface part. So we the real application part. So we don't really have decentralized storage or decentralized DNA, uh, DNS or other things, but we can use uh, components. For example, um, there are some projects to do like federated decentralized storage, and we can use them, mount them into it. Um, we can use um, existing mail servers. For example, if you're a local mail server, and by the way, mail servers are classically decentralized mm -hmm. um, because there's no central mail server in the world, right? But everybody, every mail server can speak with the rest of the world. And we can sit on top of that. We can on top of um, federated distributed databases. Um, um, and we also have some um, some federation features ourselves, of course. For example, you can have a um, you can have a, a shared folder between people who are on different machines, which are on different servers. 
So for example, if you run an xCloud and I have an xCloud here, we can have a shared folder and everything I put in there show, shows up on your side and the other way around um, without a central instance. So that's the is it, does it use something like uh, ActivityPub as the back end? Can, can, you, can you integrate this with the rest of the Fediverse? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, this feature, um, we don't use the ActivityPub. This is actually older than the ActivityPub standard. Um, but we actually have ActivityPub also integrated for our social feature. So we have uh, also component connects cloud social, which is an ActivityPub uh, implementation. And this can interact with the rest of the Fediverse uh, Mastodon. So you can have your status messages for next load showing up on Mastodon other way around. Um, yeah, the activity pub is of course a great protocol. I also was part of the social working group of the W3C when it was created. Ah. So I was obviously not one of the main authors of it, but I was in the room. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a big, a big fan of the protocol. So we use it too. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, that is extremely. It seems like you have your fingers in a whole lot of things over the years, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean this happens when you're old. So <laughs> a lot of stories. <laughs> Doc, Doc claims that you're not old yet. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll I'll show you old. I mean, it, it, I've heard, and this is true, that um, old is anything older than you, no matter what age you are, and young is younger than you, no matter what age you are, and. Uh, <laughs> So there are geezers who I think are are older than me, but there anyway. Um, I, I have I have a a question about actually some of your verticals, if if you make that distinction. Mm -hmm. But first, I want to tell everybody that this episode of Floss Weekly is brought to you by Bitwarden, the only open source cross platform password manager anywhere, anytime. Security now. Steve Gibson has even switched over. With Bitwarden, all of the data in your vault is end-to-end -end encrypted, not just your passwords. In the summer of 2023 G2 Enterprise Grid report, they solidified their position as the highest-performing password manager for the enterprise, leaving competitors in the dust. Bitwarden protects your data and privacy by adding strong, randomly generated passwords for each account. Go further with the username generator, create unique usernames for each account, or use any of the six integrated email alias services. You can log into Bitwarden and decrypt your vault after using SSO on a registered trusted device. No master password needed. This new solution makes it even easier for enterprise users to stay safe and secure with Bitwarden. Transparently view all of Bitwarden's code available on GitHub. On top of being public to the world, Bitwarden also has professional third-party audits performed yearly and the results get published on their website. Bitwarden is open source security you can trust. Share private data securely with coworkers across departments or the entire company with customizable and adaptive plans. Bitwarden's Teams organization option is $3 per month per user, while their enterprise organization plan is just $5 per month per user. Individuals always get Bitwarden's basic free account for unlimited passwords, upgrade anytime to a premium account for less than $1 a month, or bring the whole family with their family organization option to give up to six users premium features for only $3.33 a month. 
This Cybersecurity Awareness Month, keep yourself and help your friends and family stay secure online with Bitwarden. Bitwarden offers a fully featured free plan for everyone, which now includes being able to to use hardware security keys or pass keys as a form of two-factor authentication. Bitwarden envisions a world where nobody is hacked and is the only major password manager offering this strong security option for free. At Twit, we're fans of password managers. Get started with Bitwarden's free trial of a Teams or Enterprise plan or get started for free across all devices as an individual user at bitwarden.com slash twit. That's bitwarden.com slash twit. So Frank, it, it, it seems to me like it, every business selling at enterprise ends up accumulating certain kinds of enterprises as as verticals, as you might say. I don't know. How does that look for you at this stage in your evolution? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's quite interesting because when I started this whole thing, like over 10 years ago, I thought <clears throat> that a lot of like companies and classic enterprises uh, will become our customers um, quite fast. And we have some uh, customers um, like as classic company, uh, classic big companies, international companies work together with uh, Infineon, for example, or with uh, Siemens and the, the International Red Cross and, and other organizations like that. But to my surprise, um, <clears throat> the strongest verticals are actually somewhere else. So um, the first one is um, really in the public sector, so governments. Mm. So we have uh, really a lot of governments um, as our customers, from the German government to the French government, the Italian government, Swedish government, um, European Commission. We also have a number of um, um, cities in the US, for example, and um, yeah, also other government organizations all over the world. Um, they really want to... Um, keep the data local, keep the data secure. That's a big uh, driver here. Um, the second vertical is um, <clears throat> everything around education. So mm. we probably have uh, like hundreds of uh, universities and, and then colleges all over the world as customers, really, really a lot. Um, so someone uh, told me lately that we are the industry standard there, which I find a bit ridiculous because I don't know. I, I still see like Nextcloud as a small startup, um, and uh, it was quite funny if someone. So, so what's, I'm just curious what the category there is. You're the industry standard in in um, like collaboration software for universities. Okay. Oh wow. Which um, yeah, it's I, I I think it's don't think it's completely true. <laughs> uh, mo- most of them still use Google and Microsoft, but um, yeah, we are really successful there. Um, <clears throat> and then they, we have the third vertical, which is a bit different. Um, we work together with a lot of cloud providers, um, um, yeah, IT providers, who take Nextcloud and white label it and give it their own name and then mm-hmm. sell it to their customers. So we have an example of like Mexico, for example, there is a company called America Mobile. They're one of the biggest telcos in the world. They supply like most of South America. And they took Nextcloud and white labeled it and gave it their own name called Claro Drive and they provided 20 million users there. And we have something similar in Germany and other places too. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious if- um, I've not heard any confirmation of this, but um, 
several years ago, a friend of mine in the mobile phone business or the mobile data business, which is what that is now, um, said the real purpose of 5G, the whole push for 5G, was local storage, was local cloud, as it were. Mm-hmm. How is is that a fact? I mean, you mentioned this uh, Mexican company. Are they doing yeah. that? Are they like putting, sharding up local local instances of cloud that, that have low latency, yeah. which is part of the big sell with that? <laughs> so I'm not sure 5G's effect are on the backend mm-hmm. side. I mean, this this company, they run like Nextcloud distributed, I think, over four uh, hosting centers. Um, I think one in Brazil, one in Argentina, and then Mexico, and then I forgot where the fourth one is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have classic like fiber infrastructure, right? But their customers, um, their customers, I think they benefit a lot from 5G because um, <clears throat> if you have fast... Uh, wireless network and a good phone and good software like Nextcloud, you can do everything from your phone nowadays, right? And you can really run your small business from your from your smartphone nowadays if you have the, the right connectivity and the right software. And I've, as far as I, I know, this really happens a lot in Central and South America uh, using Nextcloud. Well, that, that brings up to me what I'm, I'm sort of imagining running a company from my phone, as it were. Um, <laughs> it, it, well, what apps am I doing that with? I'm, I'm just wondering if there's some, that where you sell, there are companion businesses that show up that use mm-hmm. Nextcloud as a back end or something. You don't know Nextcloud is there. You're buying, yeah. run your company on this and actually Nextcloud is back there. I'm, I'm just blue skying on this, but I'm just wondering what, how that goes. Right, yeah. Well, I don't know myself because I think it also depends a bit on the business, but I mean, in Nextcloud, first of all, you have like an, an address book uh, where you can keep all your business contacts and this can be shared uh, with other people, with other team members of your company, I guess. And you can have a nice um, list of all your customers or prospects in Nextcloud. Then, of course, with the file signature part, you can have all your documents. If you have like offers going out or invoices or something like that, <clears throat> can be there and again, synced between your laptop, your phone, your tablet and your team members. Um, then we have the built-in office component, so you can actually then also like write your invoices or offers or whatever you do, and you can also digitally sign them inside Nextcloud. You can send them out using the Nextcloud mail client. Um, um, then you, we have Nextcloud Talk. You can have video calls and chatting with your with your customers. Um, yeah, there are a lot of options, but. To be honest, I never really did it like that, right? I'm more old school. I have a, a real laptop here. But I guess uh, you can also do it from the phone nowadays. So I have been just lost the last couple of minutes uh, scrolling through the, the list of applications on apps.nextcloud.com. There are a bunch here. And, you know, about every once once a screen as I'm scrolling down through them, I'm like, ooh, this looks really interesting and click into it and look around. Um, but I have questions about this. So yeah. one of the one of the problems that we see um you know, Google has had to fix this on their app store. iOS has had to fix this on their app store. Uh, is the problem of, of either low quality applications or malicious code will sneak into applications. And then one thing yeah. that's still a problem on both of those app stores uh, is you have applications that just kind of get abandoned and they bit rot. Um, 
what's the what, what solutions are in place for any of that on the uh, the apps.nextcloud.com store are are all of these apps trustworthy let's maybe let's start there uh no um, okay <laughs> <they're not. clears throat> no i'm so, seeing password managers i'm seeing like uh, um there was one where you you upload an application and it will give you a checksum on it i'm like how do I know that's not sending all of those files off to somewhere else? Has this been audited? Do I need to audit it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so, um, so we don't really want to do like one of those walled garden app stores like Apple right. and then and, and Google because well I don't need to explain that. I mean I'm mm-hmm. sure everybody listening to this podcast knows the problem of this like central instances who control what is allowed and what is not allowed. So um obviously with Nextcloud and on GitHub we have a ton of repositories and people can do whatever they want and develop their pet application for Nextcloud and yeah and this has like as you said uh, correctly has like different quality levels right? I mean some things are really good lots of things are really good but things some things are not um, and uh, what we did here on appsnextcloud.com is that we have introduced these different levels of trustworthiness basically so there are um, some uh, applications that are developed by the core team they have uh, the highest trust level um and um yeah because they are really reviewed by a lot of people dedicated security reviews accessibility reviews peer reviews of every commit and so on <clears throat> and this has the highest quality level and this can be fully trusted and this is also what we recommend to our our customers then there is a lower tier um this is our apps that are developed by trusted people. So people that um, some core people know personally and they're digitally signed. So they're signed and basically it's guaranteed that they come from this person, um, but then really developed independently. So um, they're most likely fine because they come from like, good good people but at the end of the day if you really want to make sure that they're fine you should like check the source code and by the way this is a key benefit right because everything here is open source and open right so this can everything there can and it and will be peer uh, reviewed by other people and if there's something bad in there people can notice it and will flag it and will show up but there's still then there are also like other apps which are just random apps from the internet. Um, <laughs> those I would not install on a production machine. Sure. Uh, because this is just code someone published on the internet. Same as if you find a random GitHub repository and they thought, okay, that's great. Let's <laughs> run this code, which, um, yeah, is often a bad idea. Right. And that's, that's one of the, one of the challenges we have, right? Because we are like a super open, open source community. Everybody can do what they want. Mm-hmm. We don't have a walled garden. So I think the best we came up with is have these different trust levels. Um, but yeah. So I'm, I'm on the, uh, on, on the website on apps.nextcloud.com. I don't mm-hmm. actually see the, the trust levels referenced here anywhere. Uh, it so is what I would, when you, yeah, sorry. When, when you're accessing it from within Nextcloud? Yeah. If you try to install it, then okay. it shows, um, 
then shows you if it's trusted or not and so on. Yeah. I would love to see uh, just on the web interface at the apps.nextcloud.com, just a button somewhere that, you know, only yeah. show me, you know, level one trusted or only show me level one and two trusted. Um, yeah. That would be, that would be super useful <laughs> here. Um, Actually, we are in the process of redesigning our app store anyway. So it's fully possible <laughs> that this feature is in there. <laughs> Let me check. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I, I'm also, I find it hilarious. One of the applications here because people can leave, uh, reviews and notes. And if mm -hmm. you scroll down, one of the, one of the top reviews is an obvious attempt at, uh, in including some JavaScript in the review code. <laughs> <laughs> ah, like uh, someone tested, a, tested a, some cross-site scripting thing. Yes. Yes. Trying to get some, some CSS in there. And uh, it apparently fails, at least on on the the, the web browser version of it. Hopefully, it fails so. inside Nextcloud as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's see. So I, I I'm I'm curious about again sticking with this idea of the App Store. Um, you know, we talk about that walled garden. There mm. is something to be said for having a walled garden so long as the door is unlocked. Uh, and I guess that's kind of what you have with that idea of, of your trusted tier of applications. Uh, but, boy, it's it's nice to be able to go to, let's let's say, the Play Store, because that's where I'm at. I'm mm. on Android a lot. Mm. It's nice to be able to go to the Play Store and, and have, you know, at least an expectation that if an app is on the Play Store, it's it's not going to brick my phone or what have you. Although that's not necessarily a, a, a safe, uh, a safe assumption anymore. I cover security <laughs> week in and week out. I, I know that that's not the way it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, you do this as a consumer, right? Because you're right. usually the phone is your personal device and you install a game on it and you want to have to, you would be, make sure that the game is not really like stealing your data. Which is obviously makes total sense, um, and uh, of course, Nextcloud is more server software. Right? I mean, it's more comparable with, I don't know, installing another WordPress plugin or theme, or just running some Docker image that you found somewhere. And I think in these scenarios, you cannot really have hundred percent certainty. You need to have. You need to do know a little bit what you're doing, I think. And uh, we as Nextcloud, we want to make it as safe and secure as possible, but it, we cannot really guarantee that you just install random things you found on the internet and it's guaranteed that it's still everything is safe and secure and performant and stable and maintained. That's a bit tricky, yeah. But we, yeah. we want to be transparent. We want to be like provide everybody the information um, up to the source code mm. and then they can decide what they do. Sure. Now, as far as installing applications, that is, that's just the server administrator. So someone has, you know, installed their own, own clouds instance, or excuse me, next cloud instance. Uh, you can invite other users onto that, but the, the ability to, to install apps is still, it's limited to that, that top tier, the, yep. the actual administrator, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's the administrator. That's not, um, and this should be a person. I mean, at the end, as an administrator of an xCloud server, you're running a service on the internet, mm -hmm. which, I mean, 
as I said, we want to make it as easy as possible, but at the end, you need the basic level of of skills to run a service on the internet, right? I mean, you, you need to have seen a command line at some point in your life. <laughs> yeah, the command line, you should know a little bit about TLS, like secure authentication and like, in, like deploying security fixes when they're released and so on. I mean, there's some things you need to, you need to do here. Yeah. So, um, got some questions coming up about community and conferences. You had a conference uh, last month, um, which we'll get to after I let everybody know that this episode of Floss Weekly is brought to you by Fastmail. Make email work for you with Fastmail. Customize your workflow with colors, custom swipes, night mode, and more. Fastmail has quick settings. From the quick settings menu, you can easily choose a new theme, switch between light mode and dark mode, and change your text size without leaving the Fastmail screen you're looking at. Quick settings will also offer options related to the Fastmail screen you're viewing. Generate a new masked email address, show or hide your reading pane, switch between folders and labels, and more. Choose to autosave contacts or choose to show public images of senders from external services like Gravatar. Set default reminders for events, change how invitations are handled, or turn notifications for calendar alerts on and off. Now add or buy a domain through Fastmail. They will set up all the records for you so it works immediately. Fastmail gives you the ability to send and receive emails from your own domain and manage multiple email addresses in one space, which helps keep you organized and protects your personal data. For over 20 years, Fastmail has been a leader in email privacy. The Fastmail team believes in working for customers as people to be cared for, not products to be exploited. Advertisers are left out, putting you at the center. You pay for free email with your privacy at Fastmail, your data stays yours with better productivity features for as little as $3 a month. Fastmail has better spam filters too, and absolutely no ads. And privacy isn't all you get with Fastmail. Superior productivity tools with scheduled send, snooze, folders, labels, search bar, etc. Plus, keep track of all the important details in your life easily with Fastmail's powerful sidebar. Works with password managers like Bitwarden and 1Password to make it easy for you to create unique passwords for every account and safely store them on your device. It is great on your desktop and mobile, especially when you download the Fastmail app to get the most out of your email. It's easy to download your old data and import it to your new Fastmail inbox. Fastmail is moving email forward with new internet standards and open source innovations that power many email services other than their own, don't get left behind by substandard email providers. Reclaim your privacy and boost productivity with Fastmail. Try it now, free for 30 days at fastmail.com slash twit. That's fastmail.com slash twit. Okay, so so Frank, I, I'm looking at the website. So Jonathan and I are both doing this in different places, and I see a big picture of lots of people. And you had a conference. I'm wondering two two things. One is how to go in Germany with your last conference, um, 
and also how conferences are working for you. How much is that part of the community? Um, and how much is the company in a physical space or a virtual space? And it is, isn't a physical space. Where is that? <laughs> so that's a bunch of questions at once, but it kind of gives a sense of where you're at. Yeah. Lots of, lots of, uh, aspects. Um, so first the conference, this is interesting because, um, yeah, as I said, I started this like over 13 years ago, um, under a different name by then, but still, um, so I did the version 1.0 alone. Um, no worries. None of my code is left. <laughs> it's all replaced by better code, by better people. But I, I started at the beginning. Yeah. And then um, quickly, um, some people showed up and said, Hey, I have a pull request here. Here's an improvement here and there and there. And at some point I said, Hey, why don't you just come um, to, to the office? I was living in Stuttgart, south of Germany at the time. I said, Hey, just come by for a long weekend and then we hack together on, on it. And then uh, some people showed up. I think we were five people at the time, and we just worked on the on the on the, on the code together. And then a few months later, I was like, "Okay, let's do this again." And then ten people showed up, and then twenty, and then fifty, and then it's growing. And then uh, later, we called it a conference. So it was it's the next cloud conference. And uh, this time, I actually don't really know the latest number. It was the biggest event so far by far. I think it must be over 250 people or something. And um, yeah, we just everybody came together for a weekend with presentations and then a, a, a few days of hacking together. And it was really a lot of fun, people from all over the world. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what we do. But it's not a classic conference that we just only listen to talks. I mean, we have talks and keynotes, quite good ones. But it's also like to just hack together just to improve it together. Um, it's very, very hands-on and that's what we're doing every year. It, it's interesting to me that uh, it, it sounds to me like the, the, the company itself, certainly conf the conference grew out of a hackathon. You had like, there was yeah. you, there were a few people and a few more people. It sounds exactly. a little like Apache, like early, early, early days of Apache, um, <laughs> which kind of grew in a, I think a somewhat, somewhat similar way. Um, yeah. And, and so, so are you a completely virtual company at this point? I mean, you have, you're, you're working yeah. out of your house and everybody else is, I, I, I listened <laughs> to an interview with um, Matt Mullenweg, who's been on the show before as well. He runs uh, um, Automatic, which, uh, which has WordPress and they're very mm -hmm. committed to open source as well. They're a totally virtualized company and they're big. You know? So yeah. that's an interesting thing. No name on a building. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's, I, I wouldn't say it's completely virtual because we actually have two offices. Uh, we have an office in Stuttgart and an office in Berlin, in Germany, mm -hmm. both. But they're both relatively small. So I think we have like five, six people in Stuttgart and five, six people in Berlin. <clears throat> and the rest of the people are remote. So we are over 90 people, I think 95 people by now. And they're in 20 countries. So actually in 20 countries distributed. And uh, that's really our company culture. Um, I always say that we all we, we did it or we started this even before COVID or even before it was cool. Um, <laughs> nowadays, everybody likes remote work, um, but we really did this like forever. And um, yeah, people work from wherever they are, from home, or maybe they want to, I don't know, um, work from a co-working space or travel around. We have some colleagues who like to travel, they go to different places. 
and uh, work, work from there. And that's really part of our our company culture. We really like like that. Do you ever travel? It just jumped into my head. I mean, do you ever like travel together? I mean, if, if some of you like to travel, you just go hack someplace. I, I ask this in part <laughs> because with, with when we had Linux Journal, which we had for like 23 years, I was an editor there. Um, uh, we would go on these boat trips. I mean, we, we would take, we had these called geek cruises. I mean, mm-hmm. even Linus and, and other Linux kernel hackers would go on the boat and like sit there and code as well as hang out and other things like that. I don't know. Do you ever do anything like that? How, I'm wondering how collegial it is in that. that. <laughs> that's a, that's a great idea. No, we never did like a real like boat trip like that. But I know that some colleagues of mine um, that did like a trip through Africa a few years ago, like an Africa hack trip um, where they traveled through Africa and with a bunch of people together and then met these locals and recruited some local developers, which are in our community now. And yeah, so this was a lot of fun. And we have people like traveling Japan for uh, at the moment and in China and the, the US too. We are just, yeah, they're just traveling and still working for us remotely. Um, I personally like to do that. I like to travel myself and see different places. Um, and that's something we just have a company policy that's always possible. I, I have to say that um, my, I have, I've never been to Berlin. Um, <laughs> I, the most time I spent in Germany is when my wife got injured at a conference, <laughs> falling off oh, the no. stair. <laughs> I spent spent a month in in Wiesbaden, and um, oh, okay. uh, but um, and my joke about German is I took uh, two years of it in high school and then gave them back when I was done. But I did get to, to play with it a bit when I was when I was there. <laughs> I, um, I, I'm 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 wondering. There's a um, a dream that I've had, I think a lot of geeks who want muggles to be like geeks have, which is <laughs> I want my own server at home. I, I, I want my own, or if I want, I want my own cloud. I mean, to me, the, even the name own cloud mattered to me. The people have been talking about personal clouds for a long time. I've been doing a lot of, I've been talking a lot lately with uh, people at, um, at solid, which has this idea of a solid pod. You have a, there's Tim Berger's mm-hmm. lease company. Um, yep. And um, they, they and not just because the company, it's a it's a development community as well. Um, but it's not the only one. There's this dream that we have that a number of us have had, that I I have all my own personal information. I have it here. It's not anybody else's. I have I have all the stuff that matters to me: my contacts, calendar, health, financial, the rest of it. I'm my own yeah. enterprise, as it were. Um, but I'm also like here. I I have a cable company. I. Years ago, I could get a business account and maybe I put up a server here, but they don't even offer that anymore, as far as I know. Um, uh, is this a is this a pipe dream or is this something that's actually a, a possibility where where there's a what you might call a consumer marketplace here and not just an enterprise marketplace? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we have tons of people who, who do that. I mean, it's the whole mission of, of Nextcloud to enable everybody to run their installation as they want. Um, I always use the Raspberry Pi as an example. So a lot of people run it on a Raspberry Pi. I personally not really sure if I recommend a Raspberry Pi because maybe you want, to just want something with a bit more redundancy or better I.O. performance, I don't know. 
but it works. I mean, a lot of people do this and um, all of the bigger machines, some people run it on the NAS machines, which are sometimes more powerful. Or then, of course, to run it on some other Linux box they have. Um, and of course, as it is with Linux, it also can be older hardware. If you have, people have some older laptop or something and say, okay, that's like a, that doesn't um, consume a lot of power. So I turn my laptop now into a next cloud server. A lot of people do that too. Um, so yeah, this happens all the time. Um, so we as Nextcloud, we probably don't really want to produce or sell any of those boxes. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's not really our business. We're more software experts. But um, if you have any any machine which is some kind of Unix, can also free be BSD or anything, then Nextcloud runs probably very fine on it. Um, yeah, the, the the more time goes by, the more all of us have old machines <laughs> laying around, <laughs> just yeah. just begging to be repurposed. And maybe we could go there or um, to some adjacent topic after we take a break. So I'll jump in and pick it up. Um, it's funny you mentioned old machines laying around. Uh, I, I kind of have this, this guideline that I use that so long as a machine is 64-bit and has more than one processor core on it, so at least a dual core. <laughs> You can still do something useful with it if you put Linux or BSD on it. And that's probably Absolutely. about that's about what you guys see as far as the the minimum system requirements. Uh, I would I would imagine that's that is the the minimum that you would want to try to run Nextcloud on, isn't it? Yeah. I mean 64 bit is uh, recommended. Um there are some weird limitation on 32 bit mm -hmm. machines regarding um file size, number of files and stuff like that, but this right. should not only be relevant nowadays, 64 bits recommended and yeah, and anything else is probably fine. You, I mean, a little bit of RAM is useful. <clears throat> so if you have a gigabyte of RAM or something, that's, that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, and this should be fine for like a base next cloud. Of course, if you use uh, some of our more advanced machine learning stuff that we are doing, because that's one of the big um, projects that we are basically doing uh, since beginning of the year, that we have local running uh, open source uh, machine learning AI features. Um, this might use a little bit more CPU power, of course. So, so it's interesting but, you mentioned that. That was actually one of the places I was going to go to. Dot, anytime we have someone that is, you know, even close to being a, an, an AI company, Doc always has this question he asks. I, and, and the way he puts it is, I want my own AI. I want a local AI that I can just put, give everything to and then be able to ask it questions. And I, mm -hmm. I've always thought that was a cool idea. Yeah, too. I mean, exactly. to train on my own stuff, not in right. the world, but, you know, but uses what is learned in the world on my own stuff. Yeah. yeah. So is is that something that we can do now with Nextcloud? Is that something that's coming? What what does that AI look like on Nextcloud? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So um, last year already, and this was before the whole ChatGPT hype, uh, we launched a number of uh, AI, <coughs> sorry uh, AI features. For example, we can do uh, face recognition and object detection in photos you upload. Um, and we do some other things like um, detect suspicious logins and recommend shares and other things. But these are, I would say, a bit more lightweight uh, AI features. 
then since uh, beginning of the year, when the AI hype really started, we were doubling down on that. And we actually have our own AI team now uh, working on open source and local AI features. And then in the beginning of the year, we launched like features like that you have uh, text to speech running local, which can be cool. You can dictate your mails uh, or chat in the documents and stuff. And also in Nextlog Talk, you can have a transcript of your video calls as text. Um, <clears throat> so this is also running uh, locally quite nicely. Um, then we have integration for um, image generation. Um, uh, using stable diffusion, running completely local. And anytime you can mm. say, hey, here, I want to insert a photo that doesn't exist yet. If you're in the middle of a chat conversation, brainstorm, you can say, hey, I want to have an illustration of some photo, some visualization of an idea, can do this, completely local. <clears throat> and then since the last release, like four weeks ago, we actually launched our full Nextcloud Assistant, which is using a large language model which is running completely local, completely open source. So you can at any time say, hey, in mail, uh, generate a mail for me for my birthday invitation, or please summarize uh, this mail thread for me, or reformulate this contract for me, or basically other things. Um, so this is something we have, you can already use today, that's fully released and production ready. And we are working on uh, more features. So I don't want to spoil too much, <laughs> but we're actually working on uh, this exact feature that you mentioned, that in the future you can chat with your assistant and the assistant understands your local data. So you can uh, ask, hey, uh, what are the latest emails from this person or what's the summary of this contract or what is uh, something like that or what are the... the what is the... I don't know how happy is this customer if you look at the mails you we got from them lately or something like that. Yeah, I, I see this year. Yeah. Excellent. I, I see in the documentation here uh, two different versioning systems. Uh, so you've got like Nextcloud 26, Nextcloud 27, Nextcloud, I think 28. But then I'm also seeing Nextcloud Hub 6 is here. And that's where a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of this machine learning stuff is in. What What's up mm. with these two, this two versioning system? <laughs> yeah, I think we need to clean this up at some point. <laughs> so the, um, <clears throat> the, the, the main version, the higher number, the main versioning is the, the, the versioning number of, of Nextcloud itself, of the core, basically. Nextcloud core, where we have 27 early this year, 27.1 now. The next release will be 28 and so on. But that's basically the, the version number of the core itself. But as I said earlier, nowadays we position ourselves more as this suite of different components that work together. And this is what we call Nextcloud Hub. So then a few years ago, we introduced for this like a special version number, but I don't know if this was a good idea. It was actually the idea was to make it simpler. But now people like you are confused. <laughs> so maybe we need to uh, change that again. <laughs> Uh, so one of the, one of the other thoughts that came to mind as we were going through this, uh, you talked about this being in some places, the standard for education. One of the other standards for education is the Chromebook. And I'm just curious, is there some way to set a Chromebook or something similar to, uh, up with a Nextcloud backend instead of using the Google backend? Mm. 
So something completely the same as a Chromebook, I don't think this exists for Nextcloud. But um, <clears throat> if you use some, uh, if you use a, a Linux desktop mm -hmm. and you use the GNOME um, desktop, then um, we really, really have very nice integration into uh, into GNOME or also um, like um, uh, Ubuntu. Ubuntu <laughs> is also using GNOME. So if you um, log in for the first time into your desktop, you get a question um, if you want to connect this desktop to some cloud service. And I think you have like Google and some other services in there, but there's also Nextcloud in the list. And then with your Ubuntu laptop or your GNOME laptop, whatever you use, um, you say, hey, I want to connect to Nextcloud. <clears throat> then it automatically connects the calendar and the contacts and the files and several other services. And then you have a little bit an experience like Chromebook, hmm. um, where you have then the local applications running, uh, working on top of data that's synchronized with the, with the Nextcloud server. It's not exactly the same, but a little bit, yeah. Interesting. All right. So uh, we are getting down to the end of the show. And there's a question that when it fits, I really like to ask people. And that is, what's the weirdest or most surprising use that you know of that someone made out of this? What's the weirdest thing someone has done with NextCloud? Um, something that was really unexpected to me was to to use it on ships so uh -huh. people use it on on ships that are like i don't know sailing over the ocean and then disconnected from the internet for some time and then you but people still have their stuff local and they can work with their files and calendar whatever and then once they're in a harbor harbor again then they have internet connection again then you can sync up with the rest of the internet um, oh yeah, that's but really interesting. Once, once it's once it's not uh, connected to internet, I still have it like locally and can work with it locally. That's something that I never didn't thought about when I when I came up with mm. this whole idea. But um, yeah, that's something that are, happens. Are these small ships, or like they, you know, like a a sailor goes out of a out of the a harbor in in this in a yeah. you know in in a, in this in a small you know thirty two foot something or are you talking about something that like could be like a a container cargo vessel or something yeah. like that or somewhere in i know from yeah i know from small ships and also from very big ships so it seems to be for both yeah wow yeah that's interesting and not, another another interesting use case i think is um and that makes me personally very happy that um i know that there are some organizations some human rights organizations who use Nextcloud to establish like communication and collaboration infrastructure in in countries in places that are not so nice. So, for example, if you want to, I don't know, have like journalists working in a in a country which uh, doesn't allow free journalism, then um, Nextcloud is often used in these places because you can really have a local install and you give people access and you cannot really censor that from a government perspective. And I know a lot of, I don't want to say names now, but I know a lot of organizations, journalist organizations and human rights organizations who use like Nextcloud to work like in a nice, secure way uh, with people. And it can really be detected by uh, 
organizations that you don't want to see here. It's another good thing about not being part of some, you know, one 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 of the big and as they call them now in in Europe, gatekeepers, right? That's a yeah. That's what the European law has now designated the kind of the big five or whatever they are, um, which they are. <laughs> and uh, so um, we always at, at the end of the show, we always, always ask um, uh, our, our guest what their favorite text editor and scripting language are. <laughs> so <laughs> you must have some. Um, yeah. Text editor. I really have to say, I don't know if it's, it's still embarrassing or not. I don't know, but I still use like Vim for everything. Oh, you're, you're in the majority here. So oh, yeah. it's, oh, it's really? okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I have to say that nowadays there's not a good reason for it because there are just like editors that are better in my opinion, but it's, it's an old habit. I just cannot, I don't know. Sometimes I'm still coding, I'm coding something, and then I arrange my nice setup. I have my terminal window here, I have my browser there, and my nice editor there. I don't know, it's use some Visual Studio Code or some other modern editor. But then if I'm doing something in the command line, I just have the habit that I'll just edit quickly with VI or with Vim, and then I just do everything in the, in the terminal. I don't use my, my fancy IDE anymore. So, um, mm. yeah. So that's the habit. The, the only yeah, embarrassed, the only embarrassing yeah. answer to that question is Microsoft Office. <laughs> well, that is, well, yeah. Does, it is, it even, does it even work? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure it's, it's useful for that. I don't know. Maybe that's I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, scripting language. And, Scripting language, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm for a long time. I worked a lot with PHP in my day job, and then of course Nextcloud is mostly PHP in the backend. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, because I'm personally playing more and more with uh, machine learning the last few months, that I'm nowadays do really a lot just fun projects. But I really do a lot with Python. I have to say, and I have, I, I I like it. Yeah, I like it. Cool. So <laughs> I'm, I'm writing out the back channel here. <laughs> Just got caught. Um, we always look. Uh, yeah, great. Yeah. I, I, we're always looking there. We get, sometimes we get questions. Mostly we just get snarky comments or people talking among, among their, among themselves. But anyway, <laughs> anyhow, anyhow th- th- this has been, this has been great, Frank. I really appreciate it. And even though we've had you on a number of times before, a number we may not even know. We'll have to check back and see. But uh, <laughs> um, it's really great to see how well how well things have gone for you, and uh, um, and we'll love to have you back. And you know, maybe after the next conference, uh, where your company's doubled in size again, <laughs> or, or something. <laughs> always fun, always fun. Yeah. And by the way, you're invited to Berlin to our next conference. Really oh, great! Is it in Berlin? Berlin? Yeah, w- yeah when, it's in Berlin. When when does that happen? Uh, we don't have a date, but probably next September or something. Okay, well, let me know. I'll see if I can find a way over there. That'd be great. Great. Cool. Appreciate it. So great. Well, great to have you back. And we'll see you, see you next time. Thanks a lot. Always fun. See you next time. Mm-hmm. So, Jonathan, I, you know, with some of these, I, I, I hate to end them <laughs> because it's <laughs> a bunch of things that are, 
I, it's sort of like, I thought I knew about this, but I didn't know it. And Yeah, sometimes it takes 45 it. minutes of the hour-long interview to really get to the good stuff. <laughs> So I, I'm I'm looking here, and apparently we have uh, we have Frank on about every three years on Floss Weekly. Uh, okay. He was first on in 2013 to talk about own cloud, and then 2016 about next cloud, 2019 an update for next cloud, and so I guess now in 2023 we're on the update to the update. So 2026 we'll have to have him back <laughs> <laughs> if, if, not, if not sooner. Well, if I could get over that, if not sooner, fun. yes. Yeah. No, there's some there's some neat stuff going on here, um, and uh, you know i i would I would really like to see. I I know we don't like the walled garden of 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 Apple particularly, but I I would really like to see some way to say, I only want to install trusted applications because so many of those apps, some of those integration apps are so neat. But as I'm going down through there, looking at them, almost every one of them, I'm going, man, I would hope for there to be something nasty in there or for someone to slip something nasty in there. So for for me, for my use, that seems like something that, that needs a, a, another, another pass, um, you know, an, another round of development of thinking real hard about to try to get that just dialed in exactly right. Um, but everything else about Nextcloud, I'm I'm just a huge fan of, and the 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 assistant stuff that they're adding, uh, I would love to be able to do that because you know right now I use Google Photos, and one of the reasons I do that is because there's nothing like being able to just you have a receipt, take a picture of the receipt, and then late you know three months later you can say, hey Google, show me that receipt that gas receipt from three months ago and Google will pretty much be able to figure it out and show you what you're looking for. To be able to do that without sending your photos up to Google and on your own yeah. hardware, that yeah. would be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Well, photography is interesting to me because of, I, I have online, I've got like a hundred thousand photos. I mean, these are mm-hmm. publicly exposed ones on my various obsessions. Um, and uh, just so people know, geology, aviation, <laughs> tech, infrastructure, <laughs> nothing salacious. Feet? Um, Isn't feet Radio in towers, radio towers. Radio towers, <laughs> yeah, that's infrastructure. I have a whole thing on infrastructure. And that's, what, and that's where, it's actually about old infrastructure that's going away. I think, I think radio towers are starting to fall like, uh, like uh, old growth forest. Um, but, um, but I'd love to be able to interrogate what I've got on site, you know, what in, in exactly the way you're talking about. I've mm-hmm. actually, I've, I've wanted a, I've wanted a scanner. That's kind of like a little ringer. I could, I could run every, every um, receipt through. I've got a box of receipts over there and I'd love to run them all through and say, you know, which ones are the drugstore, which ones are Costco, which ones are what. And, uh, and even the ones that get online, you know, the, the the Amazon ones that don't actually match what they sent you or what the bill or, or what it says on your credit card, you know, pull that apart, make sense of it. Um, yeah. I, th- I just think there's just a huge, um, uh, a huge untapped market there on the, on the personal side of things. And this is, this is encouraging to me that, yeah. that so it's kind of moving in that direction. So there's one more observation I have to make before we go. He, it really fascinated me. He talked about, people on ships out in the middle of nowhere. I know their, that's their different. next cloud really? instance. Well, so you've got things like Starlink are slowly working to make that obsolete. But then you think about, well, what's the, what's the next thing on the horizon? Well, we are as a, as humanity, we're really on the cusp of sending people to other planets like to Mars. And you've got to know 
there's going to be something like, if not Nextcloud, something like it running on Starship going to Mars, <laughs> because it's going to be the exact same problem. So I, <laughs> there's there's a there's a lot of a uh, there's a lot of potential future future potential for that particular idea, and I found that really interesting. Well, we'll have to put that in the queue for when we have Frank back. Um, yes. So in the meantime, yeah, yeah, give us your plugs, and we'll get out of here. Sure. So the the two things I want to mention first off. Follow my work on Hackaday. Uh, every Friday morning, the security column goes live. We talk about all sorts of fun and interesting stuff there, sometimes terrifying, uh, but that's just the world of security. Uh, and then the other thing I'll mention is the Untitled Linux Show, and that is our weekly show covering all things Linux and some open source stuff. Uh, it's more covering the news and analysis, but it is a lot of fun. But that is a... Uh, that is a Twit Plus exclusive. So get on the Discord, get Twit Plus, get on the Discord and uh, join us there. And if you're not on Twit Plus, if you're not part of Club Twit, well, why not? Get on and uh, hope to see you there. And this is the part of the show where I scramble to see what the schedule is for next week. <laughs> As I always do. Okay, here, here's what it is. It's uh, uh, Luis Villa. Um, he's with Tide Lift. Uh, that's one word T-I-D-E lift Tide lift Luis Villa and uh, Simon will be the co-host for that one so that's coming up next week and we thank you for being here and we'll see you then it's midweek and you really want to know even more about the world of technology so you should check out Tech News Weekly the show where we talk to and about the people making and breaking the tech news it's the biggest news we talk with the uh, people writing the stories that you're probably reading we also talk between ourselves about the stories that are getting us even more excited about tech news this week so if you're excited well then join us head to twit.tv slash tnw to subscribe